is Buffy Gays this and Buffy Gays that. And what if I don't want to talk about Buffy Gays all the time? So when are you going to talk about something else? Well, sometimes I talk about things that aren't good for me. Uh, By the way, Zach, you're doing really well at podcasting today. What is that supposed to mean? You're good at podcasting? Yeah, well, why don't you try keeping your mouth shut? Want to go make out in the utility closet? Is that all you ever think about? Okay. This week, the Buffy guys cook up an episode about Season 2, Episode 11 of Buffy, Ted. We'll rekindle our relationship with trivia and behind-the-scenes facts about the episode after accidentally being shot with a crossbow. We'll cheat at mini-golf and rate the episode on a scale of 1 to 10 stakes. Fine our scores or whatever. And we'll give you a brief queer analysis in the gayest moment of the episode like we're some dark gods with the secret of Nouvelle Cuisine. So make sure you're familiar with the chemical structure of Demetorin and find the strongest microscope in the school chemistry lab for this week's episode of Buffy Gays. I won't stand for this kind of malarkey in my house. <laughs> Beg to differ. Hello all, I'm Kyle. And I'm Zach. And we're a couple of small town gays who love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Together, we'll examine each episode of this trailblazing series through the lens of our own queer experiences. We'll dive deep into the stacks to break down each episode, share some behind-the-scenes trivia at Scooby meetings, and explore queer themes as we stand against the forces of darkness. So whether you're a first-time watcher or you've been a fan since the old ones walked the earth. We invite you to join weekly patrols of the Sunnydale streets with your Buffy, Buffy Gaze. Hello, Zach. Hi. How's it going? It's going wonderful. Wonderful. Wonderful day in uh, 1970s America today. Mm. 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 Fun. Fun, 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 fun. We're not going to talk about that, though. We're going to talk about Ted. We are here for escapism. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So, Zach, do you want to get us started with some behind-the-scenes trivia? Yeah, I'll get you some trivia from my behind. (laughs) Oh! We're coming in hot on this one. (laughs) I just want to do everything in the Alaska May West voice now. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, I'll show you coming in hot owl. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, Ted first aired on uh, Monday, December 8th, 1997. Uh, this is the last uh, episode that aired in 1997, actually. Yeah. The episode was directed by Bruce Seth Green, who is really maintaining his record as the most prolific Buffy director up to this point. Not to be confused episodes. with the actor Seth Green, who is not in this episode. Still not Seth Green. Yeah, completely <laughs> Oz people. is not here. This is the first time uh, an actor is billed as a special guest star. Ooh. And it's John Ritter. Of course. Uh, he had numerous TV and movie credits, of course, ranging from 1963 to 2006. Uh, he did pass away, actually, in 2003. I think he was probably best known for Three's Company. He's been like a guest star on 
just like almost everything that happened. Yeah, I was looking at his. I was looking at his 90s. Wikipedia like filmography, and I was like, "Damn, he's been in all this shit." Yeah, like he was in Mash. The things I really remember seeing him in is like he was JD's dad on Scrubs. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, um, do you remember the Problem Child movies? I do not. It's like. Those are not very popular movies. I think they like came on randomly on TBS or something, and I watched mm-hmm. them as a kid, and I thought they were funny. <laughs> it's just about this kid that like is constantly like breaking things and setting things on fire, and he sounds like a problem. Yeah, and a child. <laughs> yes. And then of course he was uh, grown up Ben Hanscom in uh, Stephen King's It, the uh, oh. that miniseries. Yeah. Uh, a couple other things. It said this was shot during ha- Halloween. It said they, I guess they had like a Halloween party. Oh, cute. And it said that Christine Sutherland came in uh, 1950s clothes like she was Ted's first wife. <laughs> and uh, Sarah Michelle Geller was Dorothy. Oh, that's adorable. And brought a dog, I guess. So. Oh. Well, it says along with her dog Toto, and I'm assuming that means that she brought her dog, not that she was dressed as both Dorothy and Toto. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh gosh, did Sarah Michelle Geller have a dog named Toto? That would be cute. Anyway, yeah, it says along with her Sarah dog, Michelle Geller. If Toto. you ever listen to this, yeah, <laughs> right in. And uh, if you reach out to us, we will die of shock, but oh yes, it'll be worth it. Um, no, 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 don't. Sarah Michelle Geller doesn't want to kill us. Don't say that. <laughs> no, I, I hope not. I mean, least. it would be worth it for us. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm saying in an imaginary world where she takes that literally. <laughs> she doesn't want to. Yes, she's like, oh, I that, can't talk no, to these you're people. Right, or they'll that, die. That is why Sarah Michelle Geller is not going to contact yes, us. Yes, that's the reason. She's going to be like, oh, now I that can't. you've said it, that's that's. <laughs> ju- we just have to assume that's why. <laughs> she's going to be like, I can't. I'll kill them. <laughs> oh no! I can't have their blood on my hands. I can't be a murderer like Buffy thinks she was in Ted. <laughs> anyway, um, oh, this is something else I found out from IMDb. They were mentioning. The uh, thing was called off, and I never really, I guess I forgot about that, that the the hit was called off on Buffy because uh-huh. of, you know, Spike and Drusilla apparently dying by organ. <laughs> yeah. It said that it listed off the names, and it said Octaris, Norman Fister, and Patrice. Oh, so Nameless Man with the eye patch was, was Octaris. Octaris. Yes, which I maybe that was in, in the credits or something, and I just Perhaps. missed it, but... Uh, anyway, he had a name. Oh, I just said with eye patch. I meant eye injury. <laughs> anyway, that was the last little bit. I was like, his name is Octaris. Wow, mm. that that sounds uh, interesting. I have I have something I wanted to say. Uh, this is not the last time a robot gets close to Buffy's family. Oh. Yeah, I thought about saying this is the first episode with robots, but or a it's robot, not. but it's not. Moloch was Moloch was <gasps> yeah, a robot. Yeah, that's true. Second episode with a robot. I just want I wanted to be just specific enough that first it's, episode that every a... that everyone knows exactly what I'm talking about, <laughs> <laughs> but not so specific that everyone knows exactly what I'm talking first about. First <laughs> episode with a passing for human robot. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, I think that's all I wanted to say. The David Greenwald and Joss Whedon uh, return again as uh, writing partners in this episode. Uh, I don't 
I, when I the credit I looked at just credited them both together. I don't know if it was a story mm. by and teleplay by, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. If you, I think that's usually how they write together. And it's not surprising that Joss Whedon was involved in the writing of this episode and credited because Buffy is what? Sad. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't, we haven't had enough heavy episodes up to this point. Mm. Buffy has to be sad some more. I feel like this is like a weird mix too of like heavy and goofy. Yeah, this is a very, so let's go ahead and move on. What did you think about this episode, Zach? Um... I thought it was all right. I I actually liked it better than I have in the past, but I think it's just like, oh, it's this goofy ass episode. I agree. Also, this episode is completely fucking ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) It has it has the nonsensical monster of teacher's pet with the nonsensical plot of Inca Mummy Girl. (laughs) It's just so (laughs) weird, but I I do still like it. I think the plot of it is like a little bit better. We'll get into it. It's just, yeah, there's, yeah. Before we start our detailed episode discussion, I just want to give a disclaimer that every time I talk about Buffy and Ted in this episode, I am talking from personal experience. Yeah, I was gonna, I meant to ask you a minute ago, like, did this episode trigger you? Absolutely not. I mean, I, uh, I'm fine. I had, I, so this episode does bring up memories of some experiences with my no good, awful, very bad stepdad. Mm. However, it was fine. It helps that the episode is so ridiculous. Mm. Mm. Uh, But there are a few specific instances that like bring up specific memories that I will, uh, I won't, I won't. (laughs) I won't talk about the memories in detail, but Mm. uh, you'll probably be able to tell where they are. So, Zach, do you want to give our disclaimer? Sure. So, we're going to move into the segment where we discuss the whole episode and share our thoughts. Uh, But if you haven't seen the whole series, don't worry. We're only going to talk about what happens up through the end of this episode. We won't share any spoilers for the wider series. Just cheeky foreshadowing. Only the cheekiest. I'm so sad that they put Kendra on a bus and she's just gone for now. Uh, a plane. Yeah, well, uh, sorry, Put, putting a character on what a do you bus. Think she is an assassin from the Order of Taraka. She doesn't have to take the bus. <laughs> right. Putting also, a... I don't think there's a bus to Jamaica. Right. Putting a character on a bus is a trope, mm. and it means it's like when you just send a character off somewhere. Usually, mm. it's to like get them out of the series. Mm. Uh, but in this case, Kendra will return. Spoilers. And uh, it's so sad. I liked Kendra so much. And she was a, like, an actual compelling black character. I wish she would have, yeah, I wish she would have become, like, a regular. So I am, uh, I'm eagerly awaiting Kendra's return. So Willow and Xander are arguing about Captain and Tennille and about whether uh, Tennille was controlling the captain or whether he'd let himself be controlled. And Buffy doesn't know who captain and tenille are and xander's mm. like who, who, did you grow up without culture and i was like i also i also don't know what they're I was talking gonna, about i was gonna ask you if you knew who they were i have no idea i only know love will keep us together that's one of their songs uh so they're a musical act mm-hmm. oh so, see i thought they were talking about star trek it's or like something this, no <laughs> <laughs> no it's like this like uh love 
Love will keep us together. Gotcha. See, I assumed Xander was talking about some like sci-fi or like fantasy thing where someone like put a spell on someone. <laughs> that makes this conversation Man. even weirder to me. Uh, it's so funny. It's really funny. Uh-huh. Uh and Buffy is like, Oh, I have I'm not really thinking at all. I I like it when things are quiet. She's I don't have to a think. lot of happy non thoughts. Yes, exactly. Which I, I was immediately like, Buffy. Mm. <laughs> Buffy you've gotten on to xander for this before and then then xander's like oh yeah we're riding the mellow and he's like i shouldn't have said that and they're like we'll forgive you this time (laughs) but buffy did it first true uh uh, and then they talk about how uh the order of taraka has called off their hit i guess Mm -hmm. because spike they don't say why they did just the angel said that happened Uh, maybe they, <laughs> maybe it was a thing where they like have to give a down payment and they pay the rest after the job's done, but they stopped uh, uh, talking to the Order of Taraka, so they were just like, okay, we're not going to do this job anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, it did say in IMDb that all three of the Order of Taraka were killed, so I guess Patrice did get it. R.I.P. Patrice. <laughs> normal human police officer <laughs> so uh, i mean she was dressed as police officer yes <laughs> uh willow uh is asking if buffy has enjoyed playing nursemaid for angel and wearing a really cute weird bucket hat oh yeah. willow's adorable in this episode <laughs> she's so pastel i know and then xander's the like is it better than playing naughty stewardess <laughs> and buffy's like i see i think that's a xander horny uh yeah, sure. I'll count it as a Xander horny. Let me write it in mm. here. I haven't been keeping track of the numbers. So when Buffy opens the door to her house, she like starts to put her key in and the door just opens. So mm. the door has just been left open. So naturally she's like suspicious and she like sneaks through into the house. She hears a glass break and Joyce says, no, <laughs> very dramatically, but apparently immediately goes back to making out with her boyfriend <laughs> because Buffy goes into the kitchen following the noise and she and this man are making out and Joyce is like Buffy yeah you're <laughs> home early <laughs> Joyce, I, was, I was also trying to imagine like first of all it's dark outside <laughs> the logistics of what happened where she's like like are they <laughs> like maybe he was going in for the kiss and he knocked o- they knocked the glass over uh-huh. and then she's like no or like <laughs> Or they were making out and she like had her hand on the counter and knocked out, knocked over the wine glass. Yeah. And then she's like, oh no, more smooshes. I mean, it was a wine. She does say it was a wine glass. So she probably was a little drunk. So and I guess it it doesn't make, it's not too unbelievable that she went straight back in and, for the smoochies. And she's got a little bit of uh, Molly in her system. So Molly? Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> you don't remember? No, what are you How talking Willow about? Willow said that the Demotorin is oh, yeah, yeah, similar yeah, yeah. to ecstasy or gotcha, whatever. Gotcha, gotcha. Yes. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. So <laughs> it, it does also, make... Also, I don't know if that's actual drug lingo. Isn't that what... That's what... Molly I don't know. Is, right? I don't. I have no idea if Molly is ecstasy. Yeah. You're gonna have to people ask who actually else. do drugs are laughing at us. <laughs> yes. They're like God, nerds. <laughs> what geeks? <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, it does make sense. Uh, you know, in that context, that Joyce would be like, "What? What? No wine glass. What? What? What?" It's like a few seconds pass in between that. So Buffy introduces this man to Buffy as Ted. Oh, I wrote down a quote from Xander from early from earlier. <laughs> he says, "How is Angel? Pretend I care." <laughs> uh, which you know, 
Xander's kind of nice in this episode. Mm-hmm. I actually don't mind Xander in this he episode. He looks very long in this episode. He does. I don't know what it is in particular. Maybe he got like a haircut or something. I bet that's it. I wouldn't something. be surprised. He just looks kind of stretched out. Uh huh. I also t- I also made a note that this intro is very quick and to the point. Mm-hmm. It's very short. Yeah, it is a, a pretty quick cold open. Well, and it also, I mean, it's it's chopped up a little because mm-hmm. we start with them walking and then they move into the house. So it's kind of like two different little mini cold opens. Mm-hmm. So we cut after the intro to the kitchen. Ted's made some mini pizzas and Buffy and Joyce are talking outside. Mm-hmm. And Joyce is telling Buffy what a wonderful man Ted is. And Buffy asks how they met. And apparently he was upgrading software at the gallery, which left Joyce mm. a lot more time to smooch him. So she was cataloging more than art. Yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, we go pan back into the kitchen with Willow and Xander talking to Ted. And Willow's excited about her, her nine, nine gig, gig hard drive. drive. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Oh, the 90s. Oh nine gig was a lot of storage in the 90s. Mm. But without the DMA upgrades, oh, yes. it's useless. It's not even half a rocket ship or whatever. Uh, so he offers her some free upgrades and she's like, <laughs> and Xander's like, oh, that's what that's just what she does when she's filled with geeker joy. <laughs> and he's going getting to Xander's heart because this pizza is delicious. He and fries it drugs. in herbs. Yes, full of drugs. <laughs> he fries it in herbs after baking it in a cast iron skillet. Mm. That's non-negotiable. I didn't even think about how they he points out the cast iron skillet. Yes, uh-huh. It's very Chekhov's gun. It also introduces his unyielding nature. Mm-hmm. And uh, Xander is saying how he would pay two or three hundred dollars for one mini pizza. <laughs> Xander, that's a ba- you're poor. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. He. Can- not classism on this pod on this good day. I'm not making fun of him for being <laughs> poor. I'm saying he can't afford to spend two hundred dollars mm. on one mini pizza, Xander. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, so Buffy comes back into the kitchen with Joyce, and Ted is apologizing that they had to met- meet so suddenly, and he wanted them meeting to be perfect. And while they're talking, Joyce is doing dishes, and she looks over her shoulder lovingly at Ted. Oh, he's so nice oh, to my daughter. I noted. Did you notice the little peak? Caboose on the back of the dress. She's got like ooh, like little cutouts. I did not notice. How cute! Mm-hmm. And uh, he gestures to a picture of Buffy and Joyce, and he says, "Buffy, because Joyce is imp- important to me, you're important to me." And uh, they ask, "Oh, it, we really?" They say, "We really want you to be okay with this." And she's like, "I'm okay." Mm. And I was like, uh, "Thing you should not do, number one." Do not express your desire that your child is okay with this thing, <laughs> like mm. to their face directly in public, public, without like the t- the first time they meet this person. Uh huh. That's that's so incredibly that's so stupid. Ted moves very quick, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah, I feel like there's this whole thing through this whole episode of Buffy being like, and really, there's I mean, it's kind of goes through this season a little bit. It's mm-hmm. like Buffy being more childlike. Yeah. And I mean, this episode in particular is very like, she's just like, I mean, he, he does, he is also off-putting, yes. but she's like very like me, like right away. Right. Well, and I mean, I mean, I get it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like, but yeah, I'm also right. just saying like, it's kind of like, it just made me think of kids, you know? It's like, uh, oh, here's this new person. Also, you, I, it's important to 
it is important to me that your emotions are positive about this. Right. Exactly. Child. <laughs> so it's just very, it's very inadvisable. This, this episode is a manual on how not to introduce a romantic partner into your child's life. Yeah. Try not to date a psychotic robot from the 50s. Right, exactly. There is an important detail in this scene where she's not hungry. Yes. Oh, yeah. Everyone else is eating all the food. She just doesn't eat the whole episode. Yeah. I mean, that's... I mean... But it's important, though. And it makes... It also makes sense. Because she she doesn't get, like, you know, enthralled by Ted because she's not eating the drug food. Mm Mm-hmm. So as soon as she says okay, we get a hard cut to her beating the shit out of a vampire with the lid of a metal trash can. Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes on for a long time, and she finally stakes him on the ground. And while she's fighting, Jaws is like, do you think it's staking time? Yeah. Uh, after she stakes the vampire, she sits with Giles, and he's like, uh, I, hope there, I hope there are no other vampires yeah. here for their sakes. <laughs> and she's like, this is my job. He asks her if she's okay, and she says she's fine. And he's like, she's like, why are they here? Like, I just killed a vampire here the other day. And he, and apparently because their leaders, Spike and Drusilla, are gone right now, they're just kind of unorganized and they go to the easy feeding grounds, mm. which when you think about it for a second is fucking creepy. And Buffy says so. The, he, she's like, vampires are creeps. And mm-hmm. he says, that's why one slays yeah. them. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> But she, like that means that means that vampires come here because it's easy to feed on children. Well, yeah. Which also dumb. means that which also means that parents in Sunnydale are just letting their children go to the playground alone at night. At night, yes. I mean, I, we have seen it. Yeah, <laughs> Drusilla almost ate that one child who was really not getting it. Really, uh, children are uh, naive and Will oblivious. Will your mommy cry after I rip out your entrails and eat them? I'm, I'm not, not supposed, supposed to, to talk, talk to, to strangers. strangers. <laughs> yes, exactly. So she's talking about how vampires are creeps and she's like, they come around and they get in your house and they're making mini pizzas. And Giles <laughs> is like, oh, he's like, oh, the subtext here is rapidly uh, becoming the text. text. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that line. That's very, it's very funny. Uh, and, but she doesn't really want to talk about it. She just wants to stake more vampires. Uh, we cut to the school in the hallway. She's discussing Ted with Willow and Xander. Xander is all about Ted. Mm. He thinks this food is delicious and uh, he thinks Ted is a cool guy because he makes good food. <laughs> but Buffy thinks he's a little too clean and Willow's like, a clean clown. And then she's like, has this weird little moment and then she's like, I have my own fun. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so adorable. Xander apparently knows about Freud. I but mean, but it, Freud is like a pop culture thing too. It's Yeah, not, sure. He's not just like, right. You don't have to just be paying attention to your psychology class. <laughs> yeah, right. So Xander is like, we're in Freud territory. Uh, you're y- well, and yeah, and Willow is doing like a full analysis over here. Yeah, he he's like, hey, this is you just have problems because of dad things, and Willow's like, yeah, Freud says this thing and that thing and this thing about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Xander is very surface level, level, and Willow goes into a full analysis. Yeah, but also I just want to point out right here, Freud is bad psychology. Freud is not like uh, everything. Every oh, a lot of the things like, he mentioned are like bad psychology, like completely debunked and stuff. Yeah, imagine something from like over a hundred or like around a hundred years ago being 
not that accurate. Yeah, right, exactly. They didn't know that as widely in the 90s, mm-hmm. though. They didn't have the internet. Had to have the AOL discs. <laughs> yes. Xander's making fun of Buffy, and he's like, you've got parental issues. You've got parental <laughs> I, issues. I did really like how he's like, what? Freud would have said the exact same thing, except he might not have done that little dance. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I, I did say Xander's like kind of nice in this episode, but mm-hmm. this is like, this is like, you think you think your friend is having issues with like parent things like they're really not into this guy their mom is dating and you just make fun of them the whole time how rude Mm. well and he thinks that ted is nice and he's on drugs and he likes ted's food because he's still eating he's still eating the cookies oh Oh, yeah i forgot he is that's later oh yeah he's okay never mind (laughs) so and they're they're having this whole conversation next to the snack machine which is Mm -hmm. like it feels like its own character (laughs) at this point right i was like are doritos a sponsor so they're talking about ted some more and xander is like uh, buffy says something and xander's like ted and buffy's like well yeah that's obvious that's who we've been talking about this whole time And he's like ted who's here right now and ted <laughs> comes up behind buffy apparently he's been upgrading the guidance software or something some excuse for that him to be at like the school yes exactly yeah. it does uh, i wouldn't put it past ted i mean you know computers have or schools have computers right it's not that wild and he does another, uh, first of all, he's known this girl for less than 24 hours. He Im- he invites them to mini golf. Uh, and Z- Buffy tries to make an excuse. And she's like, oh, we have that thing that we usually do. And uh, Willow- Willow's playing along. Mm-hmm. Willow's a good friend and a smart person. Xander's like, we, I hate that thing anyway. We're going to go. Like, I'm tired. He, <laughs> he got really intense. Yes, exactly. He's like, I really wanted to go play mini golf and uh-huh. pizza. And this is another thing that happens to people who have uh, their parents' romantic partners come into their lives. Uh, they are forced into bonding activities. So we cut to Giles <laughs> going into uh, the computer lab into Jenny's room, and she's very cold to him. He says that textbooks, her textbooks have been delivered to the library, but she recognizes it's just an excuse to come see her. And he's like, well, I just wanted to see how you were doing. And she says she's been doing good. She stayed out of mortal danger for three whole weeks. Mm. But she's still having some trouble sleeping. And he's like, yes, you you just need some time. And she says, or possibly space. When she said that line about stayed out of mortal danger for almost three weeks, I was like, don't get used to it. (laughs) Right, exactly. Uh, uh, (laughs) We have some timeline. We know it's been at least three weeks since uh, the Dark Age. Mm-hmm. So we must be getting close to Christmas break. Mm. Wait a second. Three weeks. One. One week ago was part two. One week ago, two weeks ago was part one. Three weeks ago was the Dark Age. It's also been three weeks since the Dark Age aired. <laughs> How meta. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just talking about how he's worried. And she's like, you're making me feel bad that I don't feel better. I don't want that responsibility, which mm. I think I was like, Jenny is so mature <laughs> and smart. And this is such mm. an adult, like nice conversation. It's nothing like the Scoobies talk to each other. It's I mean, so the nice. thing about the puppy dog eyes and stuff is like a little bit cutting. Yeah, she is but... very cold. Well, I just mean like her expressing her own feelings in this and yeah. like being honest with him. She is very cold to him in this scene. Mm-hmm. She's yeah, like no, trying I mean, to be very stoic. Yeah, that's very emotionally honest for sure. But like also, she is kind of very like. Yes, I agree. 
Which I mean, she she recognizes that it will, and she well. she does, and she but she's also kind of explaining it. She's like, I mean, mm-hmm. I feel bad. You're making me feel worse. Yeah, and uh, I just like that. It's like it's just nice to see like this healthy like conversation. Like it's she is a little cold, but mm-hmm. like she's you know she's saying what she means and she's expressing the bad feelings she has. She's not pretending that everything's okay like Buffy was mm. to Giles earlier, and then Giles. Is not like well, fuck you, bitch. Bleep, yes, bleep. right. He's not, he's not southern, but it's not also, like it's he, not like Xander confessing his feelings to Buffy. He was just like, okay, <laughs> and then he left. Yeah, it's very. I mean, nice. he was sad, but he was like, mm-hmm. sorry, bye. I just thought I I really liked this scene. Mm-hmm. We got to Buffy and Angel hanging out at his apartment. It's so cute. I don't think we've seen Buffy and Angel just hang out like this before. Like they've talked in her room and stuff, but it's like she came and just saw that he was there to warn her about something. There was the Halloween thing, wasn't it? Oh yeah, they did hang out after after the events of Halloween a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so cute though. They're just like having a because then they're having a conversation about oh i wanted to be what you wanted when you were my age i was <laughs> but they're just having like a normal conversation this time i had like a goober moment and i was watching and i was like why is she wrapping his hand in gauze i was like <gasps> it's the wound <laughs> he, he had his knife ritual. stuck through it yeah. yes uh-huh she asks he's bandaging his hand and she's complaining about Ted, and she's like, "What? I sorry if I don't want to talk about Ted all the time." And he's like, "Well, what, so what are you going to talk about? Something you know, else?" That's an interesting. Sorry, backing up to the hand thing. That's kind of an interesting uh, thing that they do in um, Buffy. That's a little bit different. Uh huh. Because I feel like most other vampire lore, like when a vampire gets hurt, it heals, they would just like, like heal instantly. Or like in Twilight, they have like rock hard skin, yeah. so they can't get injured that way. Right. And it's just kind of like... Yeah, it's very different. Because like this whole episode... Nah, I mean, not the whole episode, but like there are several references in this episode to how, I mean, Spike's been injured. And so that's why Drusilla and Spike are kind of off the map right now. Mm-hmm. And Angel's injured. That's why Buffy's bandaging his hand. It's interesting, too, that like to think how they could have gone like completely opposite way and they could have been like uh, death becomes her. Oh, yeah. Or, like any injuries or to you are just permanent. Oh, gosh, that would be hilarious. <laughs> and Angel just has a hole in his hand forever. Yeah. So uh, Buffy is bandaging Angel's hand. Uh, she's like, what if I don't want to talk about Ted? <laughs> and Angel's like, so when are you going to talk about something else? Which is very funny. Uh-huh. Also kind of rude, <laughs> just a little bit. I mean... But she did just did say that she point. doesn't want to talk about Ted. So While talking about Ted a whole lot. Exactly. Uh, and uh, she's she says she doesn't need a new guy in her life. And Angel's like, no, but maybe your mom does. Loneliness <laughs> is about the scariest thing there is. And mm. I'm like, you're telling Buffy this, Angel. Right. I think it's really funny that you expect tact from tact from the guy who was like trying to infiltrate these vampire wannabes, and he's like, "Like you're all just a bunch of idiot children. You don't know anything about vampires. I'm gonna punch you in your stupid face." <laughs> yes. And then, uh, so uh, Buffy's like, "Well, does this guy have to be Ted?" And Angel's like, "Is there a guy that would satisfy you?" And she says, "My dad." And uh, she's like, okay, that's not going to happen. I'll give him a chance. I'll be mature. Do I have to like him? 
Angel doesn't answer her, and he just says, kiss me. <laughs> and they make out. She says she's going to smile and curtsy and be the be- the dutiful daughter, yes. which I thought was funny. Oh, and when he tells her to kiss him, she says, finally something I want to do. <laughs> it's uh, so, this is such a cute it scene. It is cute. Even though Angel's being little kind of rude. A little cheesy. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Angel. It, that's just him. Yeah, right. That's like baseline. So we cut to the mini golf trip, and ugh, God, this gives me fucking ptsd mm. so <laughs> mini golfer forced bonding forced bonding so uh, f- s- xander's saying how so few have conquered the five par cuckoo clock <laughs> xander is dressed very like sh- shlubbly mm. he has like a he has <laughs> just got a little schlub on his shoe yeah he's not dressed like he no- yes dressed like he normally is he's wearing just like this gray t-shirt and like a mm. jacket tied around his waist it's very strange looking for xander mm. to me so Anyway, Joyce, Joyce is talking about how rare it is to find a man who cooks. And Ted <laughs> says, I've been looking for one for a long time. Oh, it's so funny. He's definitely not gay. <laughs> it's so funny to think that he could be gay. <laughs> also that straight men could cook. Right? <laughs> straight men are just for fucking and building tree houses yeah (laughs) and not washing themselves because cleanliness is girly yeah their buttholes stank because they're straight the butthole try the whole body (laughs) they wash themselves with dirt and sweat and beer five in one shampoo no (laughs) i got i got manly man Oak cologne in my shower. <laughs> <laughs> Five in one shampoo, conditioner, face wash, motor oil, and glass cleaner. That's so dumb. Okay. Anyway, he's talking about how everyone probably wants to date Buffy, and Willow says, "Uh, y- yeah, but uh, oh, well, actually, sorry." And Buffy's like, "That's not true," and Willow's like, "It's totally true, but she's only interested in." <gasps> Her studies. Everyone calls her Bookcracker Buffy. Yes, very (laughs) funny. And he's like, maybe that means your grades will come up soon. And Buffy's like, what the fuck? And she like goes over to her mom. She's like, how does he know about my grades? So he's like, I mean, talking about Ted and the the broad scope of what happens in the episode. Like, (laughs) has he just never gone out with anyone who has a kid before? Exactly. It's like he just doesn't understand how to deal with Buffy at all. I mean, I know from experience that <laughs> this is not an uncommon occurrence. Yeah, I mean, I do. I also do get like they're trying to make it real, and it's a very. It's just like it's a very. Th- it's a very thing when like an adult in- involved with your parent comes into your life. They like uh, if they are not doing it correctly, they will start to uh, act with unearned authority. Mm. And that is very much what Ted is doing right now. Even though he says in this scene, oh, I don't want to overstep. And that's when he's talking about the rules because Mm. Buffy has hit a ball into the rough and uh, Joyce is like, oh, well, it's fine. It's just mini golf. And he's like, well, I think we should be teaching her to follow the rules. He's talking about how they should be raising this child he hasn't even known for a week. And Mm. so Buffy goes off to get the ball 
And uh, she just, instead of hitting it out of the rough, she picks it up and she goes and she looks to see if anyone's there and she drops it into the hole. And then Ted is there. (laughs) Buffy Mm -hmm. either didn't look very hard or Ted was hiding really well uh, because he's like, yeah, no, it's no, I was, I noted it too. Cause she like literally just kind of like looks around and then she's like, Oh, and then he's just standing right there Uh where she absolutely should have seen him. Uh, yes, he's like, I saw that, Missy. Uh, right is right, wrong is wrong. And she's like, it's just a game. And he says, well, I don't do that. I'm not wired that way. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. And he's like uh, repeatedly hitting his leg with this golf club. which That was really creepy. And, and he says, I don't stand for this kind of malarkey in my house. And she says, "It's a well, it's a good thing we're not in your house. And he says, do you want me to slap that smart-ass mouth of yours? And I just wrote, what a terrible calculus by this robot who, like, he's just, he, he's just so charming to everyone. Uh-huh. Except Buffy, who is the right. absolute worst person. Like, if he was just, like, normally nice to her... The way he is kind of to everybody else, I feel well, like. Well, you know, so first, uh, maybe, first of all, maybe he doesn't know he's a robot. He probably doesn't. Also, Ted did, the original Ted did program this robot in the 50s. Mm-hmm. So maybe Ted never accounted for the fact that his robot might be dating a woman who has a child. I guess. And then like, but so. Because he, he's like, why would a man date a woman who's already had But he knows how to children? be nice to Willow and Xander. Like it's yeah, not but, like he doesn't know. But how they're not to be... Joyce's child. Yeah, I get it. I get it. No, I mean like that's they're not the, like getting in the way. That's of That's the plan. thing of the story is that Buffy is like an obstacle to him. Uh-huh. But still, I mean, it's not like he doesn't know how to talk to human beings. So it's like you would just think it would be a lot sneakier if he was just really nice to her. One of the many design flaws in this robot. But yeah, I mean, but <laughs> but then it would be a boring episode. Yes, exactly right. And ag- again, like this whole like he's like fucking guilt tripping her. He barely knows her. He's acting like her parent. First of all, this would be ba- bad parenting in the first place. Mm. But <laughs> throw in that you barely know this child. You've mm. literally Wait. been in her presence twice. Are you telling me threatening to slap somebody is bad parenting? You know, no. sometimes. <laughs> uh, so after he makes this threat against her, he's like, who's up for dessert? And everyone else is coming up to them. And mm. he gives everyone these cookies. And he's like, you'll have to take some home with you. I have too many. <laughs> and Joyce is like, Buffy, you should have one of these. They're delicious. <laughs> but That's Buffy doesn't have any. <laughs> Thanks. I was trying to sound like I had a mouthful of cookies. <laughs> Kind of just came out like Gurgi. Yes, it did. Gurgi from the Black Cauldron. <laughs> uh, but Buffy doesn't have any s- cookies. Have cookies Buffy. <laughs> yes. They're really delicious. And she looks on as everyone else eats the cookies and she seems scared. Uh, we cut to, I think there's a break here. I, I didn't write it down. Yeah, there's a commercial. Uh, we cut to the kitchen. <laughs> Joyce offers Buffy some of Ted's sticky buns. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> for breakfast buffy looks so cute in this outfit yeah this outfit is it slaps and <laughs> it's it's really nice and I, I i this is another she refused to eat ted food she's like is there anything in yeah. this house ted hasn't cooked 
Oh, well, she says, like, uh, well, I would, just for once, I'd like to eat something that Ted hasn't cooked or something. Even though she hasn't eaten Exactly. That's what I was thinking. She hasn't eaten any of Ted's food. There's a teacher appreciation poster on the fridge. Oh, how cute. Uh, Joyce is upset because Buffy barely spoke to Ted on Saturday. Did you notice that the more... Sorry. Go ahead. I noticed that the more like under Ted's control she is, the straighter her hair gets. Oh, that's very interesting. Like, and the more like kind of um, like that hairspray helmet kind of hair almost. Oh, speaking. Oh, like more fifties, yeah. perhaps. Uh, that's that's kind of post fifties actually, but you I'm know, well, older older hair maybe. I mean, the, they used hairspray in the fifties too, but yeah. Hey, Mama, welcome to the 50s. <laughs> it's actually 60s in the music. No, I mean, like, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I know. But, like, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I'm talking yes, about. Yes, yes. <laughs> I just wanted to make that reference. It's, it's like, a lot tighter. And then, like, as she, like, at the beginning of the episode, it's more her normal hair. It's, uh-huh. like, real curly and kind of, like, a little wild. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And it's, like, kind of almost, like. I didn't notice that. That's a good catch. And then, yeah, as it gets into the middle part, she get, it gets really smooth and sleek mm-hmm. and sleek sleek and hmm. then when he dies quote unquote it gets curly again that is very interesting mm-hmm. look at look at zach little eagle eye here yeah. little film student they don't oh, call me eagle eye speaking of straight me. hair this reminds me that we haven't seen joyce since inca mummy girl and we get a joyce episode yeah exactly is this the first joyce episode yeah it, it is, is. uh you might say school hard but uh, she wasn't in she wasn't in that one mm. as much but in Inca Mummy Girl, she had like the weird, like different hairstyle when she was she was in there. She was in the episode for like ten seconds. And I would say School Heart is definitely a Buffy episode. Oh yeah, absolutely. So uh, Joyce is upset because Buffy barely talked to Ted on Saturday, mm-hmm. and she says, "I don't expect you to love him like I do, but I do expect you to treat him decently." She angrily pours the orange juice. Yes, and Buffy says, "You love him," and Joyce is like. I guess I know I haven't said that before, which is like another thing. You meet this man who is in a relationship with your mother and she is saying less than a week after you have met him for the first time that she loves him. It is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but obviously Joyce is under the influence of something. Uh, Buffy doesn't know that mm-hmm. and like Buffy's reactions in this episode are so completely reasonable because yeah. she's being thrown into this completely like even my experience with this similar thing was not this fast mm-hmm. but uh, Buffy is also being Whoa. pressured a whole lot even by her own friends to accept this man and no Whoa. one like is and, like he threatened her exactly and no one like is listening to her feelings and Buffy now says he threatened me Mm-hmm. And Joyce is like, oh, that didn't happen. Right. He caught you cheating. And uh, I think it's nice he didn't mention it around your friends. <laughs> like, fucking completely gaslighting Buffy here. Yeah. Well, and like, even back to what you were saying, even if he hadn't threatened her, it's still like a really uncomfortable, weird situation. Exactly. So uh, she goes on to say that Ted is making dinner tonight, and so she wants Buffy home promptly at six. And then Joyce continues to eat Ted's sticky buns mm. while Buffy leaves. <laughs> She's like, these are delicious. These are delicious. Uh, we cut to outside of the school. Buffy's asking Willow and Xander to investiga- investigate Ted, 
and Willow's like Willow's saying she thinks that Buffy kind of wants Ted to be corrupt, uh, mm. which is you know it's kind of insightful of Willow, but also Buffy has completely legitimate concerns. Yeah, which but also you know sometimes people are just shitty and not robots. <laughs> right. I really liked the line where Xander was like, "Can you say overreaction?" And Buffy's like, "Can you say sucking chest wound?" Which I don't. Why did she say that? What does <laughs> like that she mean? was gonna stab him in the chest. Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> Buffy she's very agitated yeah I mean Uh, reasonably first of all he's I mean Ted's a creep yes exactly uh it is kind of nice though because they're not saying Buffy obviously you're wrong yeah they like they are listening to her and stuff (laughs) we've moved past season one where they're like exactly Buffy you idiot there's nothing supernatural that happens in this town or anything. Yeah, exactly. Nothing weird ever happens, Buffy, you exactly. dumbass. And it's actually very nice because they're like, well, we like him, but like we believe you and we're going to help, mm-hmm. which is very nice. That's like what happens in this whole scene. Mm-hmm. Xander is <laughs> still eating the cookies. Yes, Xander is eating the cookies. And uh, Willow's also eating, eating the cookies in the scene. And while he's eating the cookie... He compliments Cordelia. Oh, I hadn't even thought it. I have another observation about the cookies in a second. Like the cookie made him forget his surroundings. Mm-hmm. So they're sitting down. Uh, s- someone's like, oh, there's things in life you just have to accept. Buffy's like, oh, and Ted ain't one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's when Xander's like, Cordelia, nice outfit today. See, I was uh, I was so prepared to give Xander credit for this. <laughs> and now well, I do think it is what he actually thinks. Yeah, but he's more likely to say it because of the cookies. Right. The uh, cookies are making him nice. And after Xander com- compliments her, she's like, what's that supposed to mean? Or something like that. And they have this back and forth. And he's like, you look nice. And she's like, well, why don't you just keep your mouth shut? And she like storms <laughs> off and he follows her. Willow's like, what's up with them? So Xander is still eating the cookie. And he's following Cordelia, who has this adorable tiny like <laughs> yellow purse when we were watching the episode before recording this i had to rewind to show it to zach yeah i just started laughing and i was like she has a tiny purse <laughs> uh cordelia and xander are talking they're arguing again she's worried that uh his friends are gonna know and everyone's gonna know and xander's like no one's gonna know now want to go make out in the utility closet they're gonna know <laughs> how would they, they know, know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and he asks her if she wants to make out in a utility closet. And she's like, is that all you ever think about? Okay. This <laughs> is so funny. Uh, I love this uh, sexual tension between mm. Xander and Cordelia. And then we cut back to Buffy and Willow. And uh, Buffy's like, Ted just acts like I'm in the way or something. There's something weird about him. And she's talking about her how her mom has been acting Stepford. So uh, Buffy asks Willow to find out where Ted works. And this is where I really noticed how Willow's under the influence of the food. Because Willow, normally Willow has like these kind of exaggerated facial expressions. And she's like very enthusiastic about stuff, especially research. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But Willow's just like, what would you like me to do? I can do that for you. And her face is has like this very muted, like soft expression mm, on it. I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah. I f- I'm pretty sure Allison Hannigan was like really going in on the, I'm being drugged by a cookie <laughs> thing. <laughs> <laughs> the I'm being drugged by a cookie. Yes. Uh, so now we see Buffy. <laughs> Willow found this out really quickly. Mm. Buffy's in like Ted's office, like this office building where he works, where a bunch of people are working in cubicles and she is watching him make a sale to someone 
he makes this sale. He gets up and uh, leaves to market on this whiteboard. She's hiding from him. And then after he goes to lunch, she gets up, she looks at the whiteboard and she talks to one of his coworkers who's like, yeah, he, nobody beats the machine. He knows everything about computers. Mm, nobody oh, I wonder beats why. The machine. Who knows everything about computers? Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> this guy is very bitter about it because uh, Ted sells so many things. He has this I, like super long line of tallies and everyone else is at like five. There was this... I don't know if you noticed when he was on the phone and he was like, yes, Miss Lonsdale, it is very expensive, but it <laughs> can removes the risk of crashing your whole system. Yeah, really weird headset. Uh-huh. And uh, the guy, that guy was like sitting next to him and like was acting out like he, he tried to do a sale and failed or whatever. <laughs> yes. I don't know if you, did you see that whole thing going I on? I did not see that. That is hilarious. There's actually a I lot did of see, extra acting in this one. Uh, I did notice that he was sitting next to Ted and he like got up after Ted made the sale. He like makes this, he like dramatically throws <laughs> his head yes. Uh-huh. Buffy's like, he probably has a wife and kids. And he's like, no, just a girlfriend, no family. I'm surprised you let her clutter his desk. (laughs) I'm glad he took off for the wedding. And he's like, oh, this wedding's in two months. And Buffy's like, wedding? (laughs) And uh, so Buffy goes to look at the desk and she sees a picture of Joyce. And she's like, there's something weird about this. Because you can see you can see some like hair in the side of the picture. Mm-hmm. So she picks up the picture and takes it out and she takes the picture out. She unfolds it. And it's a picture of Buffy and Joyce where Buffy has been folded out of the picture. Gasp. <laughs> uh, so then we cut to the dinner table and this, if anything was going to trigger me in this episode, mm. this is it. This dinner scene. Yes. Oh, wait, <gasps> did you talk about Belinda? Oh shit! I forgot How about could Belinda. You Belinda, she's like, I'm Belinda. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so funny. It's Galinda. Galinda. <laughs> so, oh god, Ted is saying grace, and mm. Buffy's head is up. The she, blessing. Yes. So Buffy's head is up. Uh, she doesn't have her eyes closed with her hands folded like uh, Joyce and Ted. Mm. And like as Ted's finis- finishing, he opens his eyes and he's like, I pray for the people in this house to be productive, considerate, and honest. And I was like, fucking barf. Not like passive aggressive prayer. Exactly. And also like, this is... I wonder how many people have this exact same experience. Like did someone in the writer's room like have like the same experience with me because like that this this is very like this is one like one this scene is like one to one like what happened when i was a teenager like someone comes into your life and then all of a sudden you're having dinner as a family and someone's saying grace at the table even though you don't want to And it's, I I was like, is, did someone like look into the future to me in like 2009? Jesus. Like the dinner table is like a, like a scary place for me because Mm. of all of this kind of experience I had. That's why you always eat at the couch. (laughs) Exactly. So, uh probably subconsciously Mm. so uh he's asking how was school did you learn anything and she says quite a bit she's like doing the thing where she doesn't want to talk very much Mm -hmm. she's not eating again and joyce is complimenting the food uh and she says buffy's like looks good 
and she's silent for a second and then she goes are you too engaged and joyce is like <laughs> what are you talking about and then oh my fucking god this is another thing you should not fucking do to a child you've known for a week uh so ted is like oh uh i'll handle this i like your mother very much and i hope for us to tie the knot one day soon how would you feel about that it's okay to express your feelings and buffy says i feel like killing myself and joyce is like (gasps) (laughs) and buffy is like can i be excused and joyce tells her to go to her room and Ted's like, she'll come around someday. Buffy is on a swing, sad. She has a stake in her hand and she wants vampires to come. There aren't any. So she ends up going back home. She climbs through a window and Ted is waiting there for her. Just waiting. Shadow Ted. Just waiting to fucking catch her in something. Shadow Ted, yes. And uh, she's like, you've been going through my stuff. Because she sees like holy water and stakes on her like vanity counter thingy. And he's like, what exactly is a vampire slayer? Uh, He ends up calling her delusional. And he's like, I'm not a goblin you made up. Which, you know, he kind of is, actually. (laughs) Hmm. Uh, Psychiatrists have a word for something like this. Delusional, he says. Yes. uh, And cheeky foreshadowing. Right. I said. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) (laughs) he threatens to have her institutionalized and show her mom this diary Mm. which is like feels very ableist to me as well he's like well i did try once to be nice to her so now i have to be an asshole right and he says your mother and i are going to be happy and you're not going to stand in the way of that uh he she's like you can't have my fucking diary give it back to me and he slaps her across the face and this I felt this so <laughs> fucking hard. I was never, I have, I do not have any experience with physical abuse of any kind. Mm-hmm. But uh, she looks at him and she says, I've been, I was so hoping you'd do that. And mm-hmm. she punches him in the fucking face. <laughs> right. He hits her again and she bounces off of her bed, like kind of comically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then she, then she gets up and kicks the shit out of him. Yeah. Everything with Buffy, like getting knocked around in this episode. I mean, it's, it's upsetting because like, it's like, creepy and abusive but then the way it's acted though is like it's like video game acting almost and i'm not saying that against uh-huh. sarah michelle geller because i know that you know she didn't decide that probably right. but like and it it's was, just it was probably maybe her stunt double yeah maybe but like know. the noises are just like yeah, right exactly um and also joyce joyce comes up while buffy's fighting and she's like buffy stop right uh so anyway buffy is kicking the shit out of fucking ted uh i got my life watching this scene it's like (laughs) if you have a terrible step parent and this is like a fantasy (laughs) of yours (laughs) it's just kicking their ass and also like specifically like i was waiting for you to hit me Mm. because if you like if you're someone who deals with like emotional abuse and shit like that like you're like people aren't going to care unless this person is hurting me physically mm-hmm. and if someone does that there's like evidence and you can be like this person hit me right and it's like you you think of that as like a way like oh okay now people will are definitely going to believe me which mm-hmm. of course isn't always the case right but as um buffy finds out later exactly uh but so it's really nice like 
that that's a, such a real fucking thing. Mm-hmm. It's like a fantasy to be like, oh, I hope I get hurt by this person one day, well, so that it's so fucked up. Yeah, I mean, that's. I mean, I understand. Like, it makes sense, but yeah, it is sad. <laughs> yes, very. But yeah, um, I I just found it um satisfying because he's an asshole yeah exactly because I, mean, I don't have any kind of i found it cathartic on a very <laughs> a much deeper yeah, level I than that i i well i mean my mom did get married to this like crazy alcoholic guy but i wasn't living at home uh-huh. so i didn't really have to deal with it that much right uh but so yeah. ted falls down the stairs <laughs> and oh. they go down they chase him down the stairs and joyce takes his pulse <laughs> And she looks up and bu- at Buffy and she says, You killed, you killed him. him. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so, woo, Joyce! <laughs> I mean, what a, I mean, it's shocking. Like, Joyce mm. wasn't thinking, but oh my God. And then we see Buffy's face horrified. I think we cut to break here. Yeah. But we cut back to break. Ted is being bagged up by the coroner. Do coroners come to things like this? I, I figured he would just get taken away in an ambulance. No, yeah, that's what they do. The coroner comes? Yeah. All right. It's a thing. Oh, I noticed here. I mean, sometimes I think. Oh, did you? Are you about to talk about the little sign? Yes, yes. Buffy is yeah. sitting on like a, the step in front of her house and she's staring into space, very sad. The sign says, No peddlers or agents yeah. on this pillar. And I was like, Did Buffy put that up because of Norman Fister? <laughs> 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 oh my god that's so funny oh gosh it looks like it's been there since the 50s but like it yes, looks like it's very, it, very old timey yeah but no i think that is hilarious actually uh-huh. that's really good i love it i want to go back now and see if you can see it me too that's really funny this detective <laughs> <laughs> this detective detective stein is asking joyce some questions she just says he fell down the stairs uh but buffy uh pipes in and she says i hit him and that's why I fell down mm. the stairs. We cut to the police station. Joyce is waiting while Buffy's being questioned. Um, this I is... have some things about the police station. Uh-huh. There's a turkey on the wall. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be Thanksgiving time because there Must was like be. a big November calendar behind Joyce, I think. In one well, of the, the Dark scenes. Age was right after, was a couple weeks after Halloween. Mm-hmm. And... It's been three weeks since the dark, or a cut co- aired a couple weeks after Halloween. Mm-hmm. It's been three weeks since the Dark Age, so it makes sense that it would be around Halloween time, Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes, Thanksgiving time. And also, there's another extra who is like really going for it, uh, who is like crying with a cop in the background. Oh no! While Joyce is like kind of having her catatonic, yes, state in the main police station, and then I was. Some other thoughts I had were, uh, one, I really like this jacket he's wearing. Oh, yeah? It's, like, very structured. Hmm. It's, like, a, it's an interesting... I, I enjoyed the shape of it. And uh, also, it seems like she should have a lawyer for this. Exactly. Also, it's hard for me to believe that this white male, like, detective cop, whatever, is being so hard on this, like, small white teenage Mm. girl right like it feels like they're trying to make a point about like cops being assholes or something but i think usually happens well and i think they're supposed to like they're trying to put like stakes behind it of like buffy could really get in trouble Uh but it's just like it feels like i'm being asked to believe something that and he's like (laughs) 
He says, "Yeah, no, no, no. I get what you're. I, yeah. I agree. I think this. I think this whole cop thing is weird and yes, very doesn't strange. need to be in the episode. I agree. Uh, and the way the guy is like, I just think it gives them gives more time and tension to the Ted is dead. Idea. Yeah, exactly. But uh, Ted's dead, baby. Ted's dead. <laughs> anyway, uh, sorry. He's like." She said he hit her, and then he's like, well, it must not have been too hard. And she's like, I don't bruise easily. I'm like, would it have mattered if he hit her softly? Right? What? He hit her. He just gave me a gentle smack. We were just yeah. we were just playing I mean, around. I guess the idea is like he's saying she's lying because there's yeah. no evidence. But I mean. And I mean, to, to the credit of the. necessarily leave a bruise? Exactly. To the. Yeah. Sl- I feel like slaps don't like bruise very anyway (laughs) to give to the credit of the believability of the scene he does just let her go home Mm -hmm. and and if this were like a person of color or a visibly queer person uh story yeah very different story the uh silent car ride music is very uh I don't know. It's like it, it. It's giving me that horror movie music again. That mm-hmm. Christoph we also Beck have is the. Uh, it. We also have the uh, Morticia Adams film noir lighting on mm. Joyce's face. She has like yes. the little strip of light on her eyes. And also, just before we cut to the next scene, we see Joyce look into like the rearview mirror, as mm-hmm. though I think it's. It seems to me like she's supposed to be like she won't look at Buffy, mm-hmm. but it's as though she's looking to like see Buffy without looking at her, mm-hmm. which doesn't really make sense because you wouldn't be able to see her in the rearview mirror. I don't mm. think, but I think that's what's supposed to be happening. All right, and then we now cut the art school student looking <laughs> exactly, and then we cut to the overalls of shame. Yes, <laughs> Buffy's sad, so she's wearing baggy overalls. Sad overalls, Buffy. That's what I called this scene. <laughs> Everyone in the hallway is looking at her. There are teachers mm. talking about her. She sits down on a bench in the little lounge area. And Willow and Xander are like, this was so sweet. They just like come mm-hmm. straight to her and they're like, are you okay? What happened? She talks about it. Xander's like, what was he? A demon? A giant bug? A dark god with the sequ- secrets of Nouvelle Cuisine? <laughs> and Buffy doesn't say anything. He's like, oh... Mm-hmm. And Willow's like, well, he started it. He's <laughs> like, that only works in six-year-old court. <laughs> Very funny. Uh, Buffy says they're not charging her with anything yet. And she says, he was a person and I killed him. Willow says, don't say that. And she says, why not? Everyone else is. And Willow's like, well, it was an accident. And Buffy says, I'm the slayer. I had no right to hit him like that. This is really the first time we're actually getting a conversation about Buffy's like ethics and like code in mm-hmm. uh, regards to harming people, we haven't really ta- there hasn't really been a discussion about it before. Yeah, I mean, she had she did just slice who may have been a real person's neck with an ice skate. Yeah, exactly. We should have had the conversation in that episode, mm-hmm. but um, in which it, we've Patrice. we've seen this has been happening for a long time. Like mm-hmm. in which. She was talking about how uh, someone mentioned like, well, let's just take care, take Amy out or something like that. And Buffy was like, no, I mean, she's still just a girl or something like that. Like Buffy has had this mentality this whole time. We just haven't really talked about it. Mm -hmm. I think there was something similar in some assembly required as well. Uh, So it's like something that has been sort of a theme whenever she's dealing with human people. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's just very interesting. This is the first time they've actually really talked about it zookeeper 
Except for Zookeeper, yes. Uh, she definitely killed that Zookeeper. Te- sure, technically it was the hyenas. I don't care. She killed him. <laughs> <laughs> and no one wants to talk about it. <laughs> right. Uh, but... Uh, it's I li- I like that we're finally having a conversation about it, and it's a very superhero thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's a very like I have a responsibility to not use my powers against normal people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like it. It's I like that we're finally having that conversation. Xander's like, oh, I know you wouldn't hurt anyone intentionally unless, and Buffy says, unless they were dating my mother. And I was like, I don't think that's what Xander was going to say, Buffy. <laughs> No, but Xander her. acts as though it was what he was going to say. He doesn't say anything. I think he after just that. doesn't know what to say to her. Yeah, probably. But yeah, that's her projecting onto him. And so Buffy leaves. Uh, Giles sees her walking through the hallway alone, and he asks if she's all right. And he's like, "That was a stupid question. I'm sorry." And he's like, "Well, if there's anything you need, just ask." And she notices that there's there are detectives in some classroom, and Giles tells her that they've been asking about Buffy's behavior. So they're still investigating Buffy. And Which is a really weird, like, clumsy way to do that. But yeah, it was very would, strange. They would do it, like, in a private office somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not right in the middle of school, in the middle of the mm-hmm. day. I like Giles's like, his interactions with Buffy and his scenes mm-hmm. about Buffy in this episode. Because it really shows that he's, like, it seems like he's the only person who really kind of understands what she's going through with mm-hmm. this, like, uh... The, the idea well, of her maybe having killed a person. And he's kind of like, like that kind of mirror of like, this is kind of like what a good parent would do. Yeah. Cause we have Joyce's to... reactions and we have Giles's and Giles, right. Giles is, he's not like perfect. Like he does the thing like, Oh, tell me what you need mm. and stuff like, which is well-intentioned, but not perfect. Mm. But um, Joyce is like, oh, I can't talk about this. Oh, I can't even look at you. Oh, but Giles is like trying to help and stuff. So is is yeah, it is that nice mirror, especially since this scene is right after well, she was in the car with Joyce. It could they could have written him. I mean, it wouldn't have been great, but like it would have made not like a. It wouldn't be outside the realm of possibility for him to be like Buffy. You killed a person. You can't do this. Mm-hmm. Like whatever you know. Like he could have been like really freaking out about it but he's really understanding of her and yeah. like really trying it's just i just love seeing all the scoobies be so supportive of buffy here even cordelia in this next scene is yeah so we cut to the library all everyone but buffy is there talking xander's like i know he was up to something i'm worried about buffy and mm-hmm. cordelia is like i thought you liked him <laughs> And he says, I sometimes like things that are not good for me. He says Ted was dirty. And I, Willow's I said that quote summarizes Xander really. <laughs> yes. Willow's using this super chunky laptop. She's I also like really relate to that quote. Yes. Yes, very. <laughs> we all we all do. Willow's using a super chunky laptop to look stuff up about Ted. Mm-hmm. Cordelia's mentioned ha- mentioning how she thinks Buffy should have different rules, which is a reasonable thing to like discuss because Buffy is like this person who's destined to like defeat evil and stuff. And Xander's like, mm-hmm. "What you think she'd ha- should have a license to kill?" And Cordelia's like, "Yeah, why can't we get one of those?" No, no. She says, yeah, and then Willow says, maybe in a fascist society. Yes. And then she says, yeah, why can't oh, we have one of those? Oh, okay. And I was like, the order well, is Cordelia, just wait about 20 or 25 years or so, and here we are. Mm-hmm. Oh, 20X-year-old Charisma Carpenter. Uh, 
how how you did not foresee the future you would be living in and however old you, your writer was you also didn't see that <laughs> yes that right line. um this is and as Cord- cordelia's talking about that xander's like ooh cookies and he starts to eat a cookie uh willow's like buffy's not gonna go to jail they won't send her to jail giles says whatever they have planned for her can't be worse than the guilt she's feeling for taking a human life <laughs> cordelia she's like yeah could you i guess you know since you helped raise that demon that killed that guy that time <laughs> giles says yes do let's bring that up as often as possible <laughs> they're so funny and so british and it's so tactless of cordelia and i love it <laughs> uh so they talk about how giles is going to be patrolling in buffy's place and uh how there's not really going to be a slayer until buffy oh, yeah. regains her equilibrium he says, till buffy regains her equilibrium there is no slayer and i was like fuck kendra's drag right <laughs> i mean she can't fly there in a day probably i mean there's no slayer in sunnydale i guess he you... could have said that yes exactly uh Cordelia offers to help him. Yeah, I know that was so sweet. That was so nice. God, we're we're giving Cordelia flowers for like the tiniest gestures. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Cordelia. Well, I mean, it's a big deal for her. I have such at a bias point. towards her. Yeah, I know. It, it is a big deal for her. She's yeah. Her relationship with them is really evolving. Uh, so yes, it is. I love it. Uh, you know, especially now that she's smooching on Xander. Mm-hmm. Willow's talking about how Ted is citizen of the year. He has nothing on his record. And Xander's like, don't sweat it. It'll be fine, cute buddy. And he <laughs> like messes with Willow's hair. And Cordelia's like, what happened to the guy who was so worried earlier? And Willow takes the cookie like and looks at it. He says something like, there's no sense in worrying, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> he's like, like waving he's, the cookie. He's like, yeah, he's like using the cookie to like percussively emphasize his points, <laughs> which is really funny. funny. Come on, Nicholas Brendan. <laughs> we cut to Joyce packing up some dishes. Okay, she's going to be packing up these bowls for like the rest of the episode. Oh yeah, and it's really hilarious actually because uh-huh. she's just like she's got like f- <laughs> they go back to this shot. It's like you couldn't have had her do something else because right. she's literally just picking up these different. This isn't the first like twenty different Tupperware bowls and uh, putting them in this box. They're like, we need something for Joyce to do. Let's put her in the kitchen, and she's either putting s- stuff in boxes or taking them out of boxes or eating <laughs> because <laughs> this she was in uh what was the episode i think it was in witch where she had this with the fertility vase mm-hmm. <laughs> or fertility statue right. and she had the boxes with the yeah. tribal stuff <laughs> but yeah I, I just thought it was really funny like the way she's just like she's got these like assorted pans and tupperware bowls and she's just like and i and thought mixing at first bowls. i thought at first that they were all ted's things but buffy's yeah. like can i can can i help and joyce is like i'm done i've been meaning to do this for months well, or something when, like see, that when i had watched this in the past too i thought she was packing up like things that ted had brought over there to mm-hmm. cook in and then i yeah i realized it's like she's just got this box <laughs> of like 50 different bowls and then she has to spend the next two or three hours <laughs> right, moving them around, mm-hmm. both in and out of the box. So after Buffy asks if she can help, Joyce is like, don't you have homework? And Buffy is like, Sarah Michelle Gellar is so fucking good. She's like, I didn't mean to hurt him. And she has tears mm-hmm. in her eyes. And Joyce is like, I don't want to talk about it. I can't yet. And Buffy tries to talk and she says, please just go to your room. (laughs) (laughs) You're distressed, Joyce. Yes. I don't mean to disparage Christine Sutherland's acting. Mm. I'm just, 
I just like to have ridiculous mm. voices. Uh, <laughs> Buffy Lee. Oh, Katie complimented my willy voice on oh, TikTok nice. earlier. I've never <laughs> I done, was so happy. I've never done a weird voice. Yeah, sure. right. Uh, Joyce goes down to the basement. Very important with the box. Uh, we cut to the fucking science lab in school. This scene is so bonkers. <laughs> so <laughs> Willow's looking through this microscope and she's like, I don't think the secret ingredient is love. I think it's Demotorin. <laughs> it's a tranquilizer. It shares components with ecstasy. It keeps you mellow and compliant. What the actual <laughs> shit? First of all, a high school lab's microscope cannot see down to the molecular level. <laughs> also, how does Willow know the chemical structure of Demotorin? Well, and like, doesn't it seem like there'd be some sort of chemical test for it? Exactly. Like, why would you look at it under a microscope? Also in this scene, there's like three cookies on a scale. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. And they are much larger cookies than the previous cookies. Very... And Xander's like, Willow, you're the best human ever. I adore you. And Willow's face is so cute. She's like, yeah, it's so goofy looking. She's like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) And he's like, that's the cookies talking. Uh, You rock. It's so cute. Like this whole interaction. Cordelia returns and she has uh, some printed out records Mm -hmm. of Ted's. I found it interesting that Cordelia was able to find this stuff. Oh, but I Willow just wasn't? Ass- I just assumed Willow printed it off and she was getting it for the pr- from the Cordelia's just like, or- oh, okay. That makes sense. Uh, <laughs> Cordelia being so helpful and grabbing stuff from the printer. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we cut to... Oh, my God. This is my favorite part of this episode. Giles <laughs> is patrolling and Jenny like comes up behind him and scares him and he holds up a cross to her. And she, has, uh, she says, yeah, I get that reaction from men all the time. Yeah, Jenny is like this really like, uh, I don't know. I love Jenny so much. She's so funny. She's just got those like kind of cheesy like co- comic zingers. A, a character in a Joss Whedon show being, or in a Joss Whedon vehicle being quippy. Imagine that. Mm-hmm, right. But like, it's just I don't I love the way that uh, Robia uh, oh crap I forget what her last da, name is da, now. Da, da, sh- sh- it's Demord in the show, but it's different now. Oh okay, it's something else I forget. Uh, anyway, she does a great job. She does. God, I love Jenny. Uh, I, and I haven't seen a lot of season two like as closely as I I have seen some other seasons, and just I have never developed this relationship as an audience member with Jenny, Jenny before. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, some of the a lot of the episodes she's kind of in the background are the skippable ones. Well, she was gone for a while. For like, yeah. Well, I, that's what I'm saying. She's not in a lot of the big ones, and then this sometimes the ones that she's in are like the ones you're kind of like, eh, I don't want to watch. Mm-hmm. So, uh, she, I was like, why is Jenny here? And she immediately explains. They were like, oh, people are gonna wonder why Jenny's here. Mm-hmm. So she's like, I saw your car and I wanted to apologize. So she starts to apologize to him, and she's like, I know you must feel bad about putting me in danger, and he's like. Oh, well, you imagine how I'm feeling right now. And there's a vampire behind this her. vampire actor. He looks kind of like Luke. <laughs> a little bit. He was cracking me the fuck he's up. He's so funny. He's like, first of all, he's like, he's like coming over like all hunched, like with his hands up. <laughs> yes. like, <"Rah!"> And like, <laughs> uh, uh, we could talk about it more when we get to their actual fight. But like, he's just. <laughs> It's just ridiculous. I know. I love it. Uh, We cut to Buffy sitting in her her room. She hears something and she says, mom, Uh, she, but, and uh, of course nothing happens. And she goes to the window 
and she sees the window is nailed shut. She's trying to leave. Mm-hmm. I was like, how did Joyce know that Buffy tried to get out of the window earlier? Ted did it. Ted nailed. <gasps> Gas. Bum, bum, bum. Because I was like, because Ted died. He didn't have a chance to but he's hiding tell Joyce. Room. But Ted did it. Oh, my God. Zachary Riker, do you? Oh, wait. Zachary Record, you're the best human ever. I adore you. <laughs> That's the cookies talking, but you rock. <laughs> Thanks for the cookies, Jen. <laughs> yes. Uh, so uh, Ted shows up behind her. She's trying to cl- open the door, and she turns to him, and we cut to break. Bum, bum, bum. And then after we come back, she says, you died. And he says, that's right, Missy. You killed me. Are we sorry? <laughs> and she's like, what are you? And he says, I'm a salesman. <laughs> no uh, matter how hard you put me down, a good salesman always bounces back. <laughs> so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, we cut to Giles, who is pinned down by the vampire. But the vampire, he's like, he's just like, when they're fighting, he's like, (laughs) and is like rolling around. Like, this is the world's shittiest vampire. I know. And I did did enjoy in the scene, Giles is like, like punching and kicking Mm -hmm. and like actually fighting back decently. Uh-huh. Without any weapons. I mean, he did grab uh, Ethan Rain sexually by the throat. That's so. true. <laughs> uh, he has ferocity. He yells to Jenny, my bag. And she's like fumbling with his bag. She grabs a crossbow and she <laughs> looks at it. She's like, huh? <laughs> and she's like trying to aim it. She's like swinging it left <laughs> to right. It's so funny. We cut to Ted and Buffy fighting. He's grabbed her neck. He's like choking her. And he says, I had to shut down for a while to get you off my back. You should have seen the intern's face when I got off the table. We cut back to <laughs> Giles and Jenny. Uh, Jenny says, say goodnight, big guy. <laughs> and, and Giles and the vampire are like fighting and they like turn around. Uh-huh. So now Giles' back is to Jenny where the vampire uh-huh. was before. She shoots the crossbow and she hits Giles. <laughs> and she's like, oh. And then the vampire is like, ha, ha. Nice shot, lady. <laughs> yes, and then, and then Jenny like tries to. She's like, "Oh no!" And she's like trying to get another bolt from Giles', Giles' bag. And then Giles grabs it and stakes him with the arrow, and he gets dusted. Yes, we have a dusting. Yeah, another human dusting. Mm. I'm pretty sure Willow was the first one, and now in the very next episode, Giles has dusted a vampire. Humans. Uh, we cut to Ted still choking Buffy. And she uh, grabs a nail file from her vanity and she stabs him, mm-hmm. which exposes electronics. <gasps> <gasps> bum, Ted bum, is bum. a robot. And he, he starts to speak a bunch of nonsense. And this is the start of this this glitching thing he mm-hmm. does, which is so cheesy. And he does that thing with his mouth where he's like, and yeah, it makes the little mechanical he sound. Sa- he'll be saying something and he'll like twitch his head to the side. And say something completely nonsensical. Hell of a day. It makes you feel like you're 18 years old again. <laughs> and then turn back. Oh, and That was almost the Willie voice. Yes. And resume his sentence. Mm-hmm. Uh, he starts to hear Joyce come up from the basement. So he kicks Buffy, which knocks her out. And she's like, ooh. Lo- yes. Lots of really easy, like, mm-hmm. knocking people unconscious in this episode. And he says, don't worry about me and your mother. We're going to be very happy. Uh-huh. We cut to the Scooby, the other Scoobies, Cordelia, Willow, and Xander, who are breaking into some random building that's Eddie's body shop, apparently. This is a weird set. Very strange. 
Uh, Zan- Cordelia's like, I'll check the back. And Xander's like, check for cookies. <laughs> and <laughs> after they know that they're they're being like mind controlled by these cookies. Oh, so well, I want to talk. He's addicted. Right. I wanted to talk about this in the lab scene, but I'll do it now. This series, it's already done it once or twice. It does a lot of these things where like uh, it does like these things that control the behavior of the characters Mm -hmm. so that they are doing things and acting in ways they wouldn't normally do, Mm -hmm. which like sometimes it's cool Mm -hmm. because it's like, Oh, we get to focus in on this other character who's not being manipulated. Like Mm -hmm. in this episode, we get to focus on how this, what this means for Buffy and, uh, it like it gets us it lets us it's kind of like a, an alternate universe thing where we get to see what these characters would do in certain situations and if they weren't the way that they are which is really cool and like a fun character study thing but also it's like mm-hmm. every time i want to be like joyce is being such a terrible mom and such a bitch in this episode i'm like oh well she's eating the cookies or stuff like that it's like oh well i can't like talk about the characters because they're being controlled by something like mm. the in the, this is like a crutch that this series is going to fall on a lot mm. this happens all the fucking time oh, like mind altering yeah. substances and things oh and yeah. it's it's cool in a lot of ways but in other ways it's like it brings in a lot of things about consent and especially consent mm-hmm. and like other things about whether you can question the choices of these characters. It's already happened like in teacher's pet with the pheromones and mm. in the pack with being possessed by hyenas and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's just, I just want to like have a pin in that and keep continue examining it. But in this episode, if you think really hard about it, which obviously you're not supposed to, but we're a podcast. So we're going to, uh, if Joyce has been being drugged this entire time by Ted, she wants, and like, she's says she's in love with them. They've probably had sex, right? Mm. And whether they have or not, like Joyce is like being intimate with this man, basically against her will. Mm. Like Ted has been like, Ted has been manipulating Joyce to feel differently about him than she otherwise might have this entire time with Uh his food. Yeah. It's really uh, dark. Yeah. And obviously you're not supposed to think too much about that, but like, it's a very, like, it's a very, a very dark implication. Yeah, for sure. And that's part of the, like the reason this crutch of like relying on altering characters, mind states and stuff like that is Mm -hmm. a little bit weird and not always like a great choice. Mm. So I just wanted to bring Wonder Woman 1984. (laughs) Right. Uh, I just wanted to bring that up because it's going to happen a lot. So we're probably going to have some other conversations about it. And I just wanted to make sure that I mentioned that because I think it's kind of a disturbing implication. Poor Mm. Joyce. Yeah. So anyway, Willow has count has been looking at these records and she's counted four marriage cer- certificates but no divorces and she sees that the first one is from 1957. She says he must have married young, like preschool young. Uh Cordelia comes back. She says it doesn't look like anyone's worked or lived here and this rug doesn't go with the rest of the decor. And there's a trap door. Uh, Cordelia's like I look Cordelia's so great in this episode. <laughs> 
She's not uh-huh. even that mean. It's so nice. <laughs> She's not even that mean. She's just, I mean, she all she does is project onto Xander her like mm-hmm. insecurities about kissing him. Right. We cut to Joyce hearing Ted. And she thinks at first... She's still uh, messing with the plastic <laughs> Yes. She thinks at first that he's Buffy and she starts to apologize, apologize, but she turns around and Christine Sutherland like gives this super convincing, like she's so scared that Ted is there. She's like, oh my God. Mm. It's like, it's it was very, so believable. Ugh, I love her so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, it's okay. And she's like, I don't understand. And he says that the doctor said if uh, he was dead any longer then six minutes he would have had brain damage and that it's a miracle. And Joyce is Mm -hmm. like, oh, but Buffy. And he says, it's a miracle, Joyce, a miracle. But anyway, he says, it's okay. Daddy's here. And I was like, that's so fucking kinky. (laughs) Right. But before that, because he's saying that because he he's like you don't have to worry about anything you don't have to worry about buffy because she's like oh buffy oh because she's like oh gosh what's how's buffy gonna feel about this and uh also it's uh you mentioned her hair earlier and her hair is like has like more of her like regular curls and stuff in it and also she's she says uh buffy she never meant to hurt you and so Joyce is already like she's she seems more worried about Buffy than Ted mm-hmm. because she's not under the influence right. of she the Demeterin. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we cut back to the Scoopy Scoopies. We cut back to the Scoobies who have gone into this basement, which is a room that looks straight out of the fifties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Cordelia says, "Feels like home if it's the fifties and you're a psycho." <laughs> uh, Xander checks the closet. And he immediately closes the door on the camera, which well, but, is an- and Willow like looks out the window, but there are like those kind of like there's those bars like um also it's a isn't it a basement? Yeah. Oh, I thought it is it a wall? I thought it was like those kind of bars like you put on like a like a mall door. You oh, know what I mean you can't see outside though. like a cage. Well, there's like oh I thought like it a- was just blinds. No. Oh, it's bars. I thought Damn. it was bars, or it could be bricks, but I, I it looked like bar those. It looked like one of those cage things that you put on the front of a store. I thought it was blinds just like in front of a wall because they're in the basement. Mm. Anyway, I don't know what that was, but I think it's really neat. Like the little like camera work choice of like Xander shutting the door on the camera. That was really cool looking. Mm -hmm. And it's very considerate of Xander to just be like, nope, don't, uh, nothing's (laughs) in there. It's his last four wives. Just don't look at it. Yeah. (laughs) It's very like. The, The little line is. They're like, let's, he's like, let's go. And Cordelia's like, we need evidence. And he's like, we got it. <laughs> yeah. And Will's like, what's in there? And his first four wives, uh-huh. which reminded me of um, Batman Forever. Oh. Because uh, <laughs> there's this scene where. Chris, that is the gay one, right? Yeah. One of them. Uh, the Joel Schumacher ones. They're gay. Mm-hmm. Canonically. And uh, the nipples on the Batsuit one. <laughs> yes. Because. Uh, Robin, uh, Chris O'Donnell as Robin is like looking around in Wayne Manor and there's this closet that's like locked and I think it's like the entrance to the Batcave or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, Alfred's like, says something to him and he's like, how come I can't get in? Or he's like, what's in here anyway? And he's like, Master Wayne's dead wives. (laughs) And then he kind of looks at him. He's like, the linen closet on your way. (laughs) Anyway. Thank you, everybody, for coming to my TED talk. You're, you're quite sh- welcome. About Batman Forever. Yeah, I thought it was 
Xander like acts pretty decently in this episode. Like mm. the the naughty stewardess thing was weird, and the uh, there was another thing that was we- like him making fun of Buffy. It was a little and that weird. was even mild, really. I mean, for yeah. Him. But like the rest of the episode, he he shows a lot of consideration for Buffy. Like, oh, and him like inviting, being like, oh, we'll go to Moody Golf. But he was also being drugged at that point. So, mm-hmm. but like, whenever it comes to Buffy, like the other other people's feelings in this episode, when they're like really intense, he's really supportive. Like he's really supportive of Buffy after she thinks she killed Ted and mm-hmm. her overalls of shame. And is Ender in- leveling out? <laughs> we'll see uh and in this scene and this scene like he's being like oh don't don't go in there you guys you don't need to see that like it's fine we have our evidence Mm -hmm. like that was it was nice (laughs) sure (laughs) and then we go back and uh ted's never better uh he yes (laughs) he says you you brought me back joyce i couldn't go into the light i just i had to come back for you i just wanted to (laughs) Now they're now your Joyce voice and your Ted voice are merging. Um, my Joyce voice is higher, and uh, <laughs> I want to read this line that I wrote and I wrote in my notes here. This is where I realized the thing about Joyce's hair. Uh-huh. I was right. I wrote Joyce's hair has more is more curly because she's escaping the yolk of the ecstasy cookies. <laughs> yes, I love it. Uh, Joyce is like, I should talk to Buffy before you. Uh, and he's like, What about Teddy? He's the one who died and Joyce is like well I don't know what to do and he says don't I always tell you what to do and he glitches again and he's uh he's telling her they'll go away where no one can bother us and she's like I think you might want to rest (laughs) (laughs) and he's like I don't take orders from women I'm not wired that way and that's where I took this picture of (laughs) Joyce's face because after he says that we have to make a post about that I absolutely will because after he says that uh, there's a shot of her face and she's like (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny she's like oh god (laughs) what was I thinking uh, we mm-hmm. cut to the graveyard again. Just Jenny the... is apologizing to Giles, and he's like, "Oh, it's fine. It didn't even hurt me that much." I don't tweet think is it... greater than Kevlar. Yes, tweet is better than Kevlar. And she's like, "We have to get you to the hospital," mm-hmm. and she starts to laugh. And she's like, "Some night, huh? Uh-huh. You really know how to woo a girl back, don't you?" And then he's like laughing. And he's like, "Ow!" And she's like, "Hospital, right?" <laughs> yes. Uh, Buffy regains consciousness in her room. Joyce is like, let's have a a drink to celebrate. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I think we should hit the road. You're going to love the house. And he glitches again. He says, I already have the clothes. They're your size. They're always your size. Because she said she she should pack after the Mm -hmm. road thing. And then uh, he also says husband is husband and wife is forever. Mm -hmm. And And we keep hearing. Okay. He (laughs) sorry. He's grabbing her and she says, Ted, get off me. And he pushes her against a wall and she Mm -hmm. immediately is knocked out. Right. And this whole time we're hearing like some kind of like rustling because Buffy's going downstairs. Mm -hmm. And Ted starts to look for Buffy and he says, I don't stand for this kind of malarkey in my house again. And she's hiding in the kitchen. And when he comes in, she smacks him with the cast iron skillet Mm -hmm. and he gets up. Uh, this time he has some electronics showing on his face and he says, Buffy, how about a nice game of Parcheesi? <laughs> no, uh, how could you skip over the best line? Oh, what was it? She's like, 
he says the she says Teddy, this house is mine. Oh yes, and then smacks him in the face first time. I was wondering if that's like prosthetic gums or if it kind of looks like they just put one of those like. What's that game called where you put the dentist thing in your mouth and you try to say stuff? Uh, God, I would have known if Speak you didn't out. ask me. Something like that. And uh, it looks like they just put kind of something like that, but made out of metal in his mouth, and it's like holding his lips back. Yeah, that would make sense. But, I don't know. It might be prosthetic gums. It looks pretty, pretty convincing, actually. Yeah. And then the <laughs> there's the little circuit things that are all lighting up and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and then she. Like, how would he have covered that up? They would have been lining up. Well, I mean, I guess depends on what he used for fake skin. Yes. And then she hits him again and he like shorts out and is smoking and we uh, see her face and she's just kind of forlorn looking. She doesn't look as victorious as she might otherwise. Mm. Uh, and I was like, come on, Rapunzel. <laughs> Cause she's... And she goes to brush and brush and brush and brush her hair. Yes. Because, you know, a cast iron skillet. Mm. Watch Tangled if you haven't. You probably have. Uh, and then we cut to Buffy and Joyce on this like little porch swing. Eating some very crunchy green beans. Yeah, I was like, what are they eating? Or I think it might be snap peas. peas. Yeah. yeah, I think it's probably snap peas. Very crunchy. Incredibly crunchy. <laughs> Come on, Foley artists. Yeah. And uh, Joyce is like, do you want to rent a movie? No horror or romance or men. And <laughs> Buffy's like, I guess we're with Thelma and Louising it again then. <laughs> very good choice. Mm. And uh, yep, It is jo- so hot in that yes and joyce is like i still feel like he's gonna jump out at me especially after what the police found and buffy's like oh no he's not he's on the scrap heap of of life life. (laughs) (laughs) and this is where i'm like joyce is being willfully ignorant at this point (laughs) because she didn't know he was a robot well okay so in school hard we had the thing where she was looking through like the little the hole in the door and she Hmm. saw the stake coming up and going down and then Buffy popping up and she's like, Buffy, are you okay? Mm. And now in this episode, she's seen Buffy like do Taekwondo and beat the shit out of a man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he falls down the stairs. She's also like, and apparently obviously there was something wrong with this man. And she clearly knew that. And Joyce is like, I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to talk about how my daughter is a martial artist. Uh, and I'm not going to talk about how my daughter was obviously right about this man Mm. who I was in love with and about how he was evil Mm -hmm. and how he apparently came back to life after being dead for six minutes and just came straight to my house. (laughs) Like Joyce, Joyce has enough information to like be asking Buffy questions at this point. Mm. And she is just not doing it. Oh yeah. Uh, So we get, we cut to some exposition from Xander, just like reptile boy. Mm -hmm. Like when they're like, Oh, the rich people are all committing suicide. And it's, he's like, okay, so Ted in the 1950s built a better Ted. Cause he was sick and his wife dumped him. And he hold her ho- held her hostage until she died, and then he brought her back. It's so creepy. And Willow's like, he must have been a genius. This technology is blah, blah, blah. And Buffy's like, tell me you didn't keep any parts. And Willow's like, not any big ones. I want to know what part he t- she did get. That was a dick joke, wasn't it? Oh, oh! <laughs> yeah. No, anyway, I, but I want to know what parts she took. Me too. Was it an elbow? An elbow. <laughs> elbow. Uh, 
Willow and Buffy's like, Willow, you're supposed to use your powers for good. And mm. Willow's like, I just want to learn stuff. And Cordelia <laughs> says, like, how like, like how, how to, to build, build your own serial killer. killer. <laughs> Very funny. And yes. I was I I ha- I and took Z- a mental note here. I was like, hmm. Oh, and Xander said it's so hard to rent one these days. Yes. There Zach, do you think there's a little foreshadowing in this scene? Mm. IMDB thinks so. I also think so. Yeah. Uh, Buffy's like, well, I'm going to forget the whole thing and pick up right where we left off. And as they start to go into the library, Buffy's like, I give up. What is it with grownups these days? And they walk <laughs> she says, away. do I have to start using an air horn every time I go into a room? Yes. And it cuts to Jenny and Giles making out through mm. the window of the library doors. We started <laughs> with smoochies. We end with smoochies. Yes. Which is, okay, I'll... I'll <laughs> Giles and Jenny are just openly breaking out in the school again <laughs> where anyone can see them. Right. I thought this is this is very cool because in the beginning of the episode, Buffy has this like she's like, What the fuck is happening? And mm. she has this like very like kind of disturbed reaction and she's like she has this whole inner turmoil just from seeing her mom kiss a man. Mm-hmm. But seeing her other parental figure, Giles, making out with Jenny, she's just like she just makes like a funny quip and walks away mm. because she knows Giles and Jenny. She's yeah, she's familiar with Jenny. Mm-hmm. She has a rapport with Jenny. Jenny is nice to her. She doesn't have to worry that Jenny's going to slap her in the fucking face. Mhm. Hmm? Mm? Yep. It's uh Perhaps there's like, a reason for these different it's reactions. It's like Jenny is better at infiltration than Ted. Mm. <laughs> yes. And that's the episode. <laughs> All right. Thank you for coming to our TED Talk. Ow. Oh, ho, ho, ho. speaking of TED Talks, <laughs> Zach, uh, do you feel like memorializing Ted? I mean, I guess. Let's do I mean, it. He was a named character who was yeah, very big I in think, the episode. And he died? question can you die if you weren't really alive so yeah i was gonna i was i I didn't want to get into it because i it would be a long tangent but like the concept of downloading your entire consciousness into a robot like you're still dead yeah right exactly like a copy of you it's very philosophical right (laughs) um you know what? I would be okay with not memorializing Ted if you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know um, if he deserves one. Let's. Sh- we, I mean, we. Could, I was just gonna shit on him. Shit on let's him. do just it. Dunk on Ted. Go ahead. You start us off. What's he Zach? gonna do? He's dead. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Uh, everybody, raise a glass if you want to. Or no, I'm gonna keep my glass down. Yeah, I don't even have anything in this can. Fuck so. you, Ted. You're a giant asshole. <laughs> yeah. In life and in robot. Yeah, like you were an asshat that built a asshat to carry on your weird asshat I made the noise for once yeah your weird asshat murder spree beyond your death yep you were bad and and I hate you and I wish I could beat you up like Buffy did and you don't understand children and uh, yourself also fuck you goodbye yeah (laughs) clink bye bye All right, so as we go through the series, we're going to give each episode a score from 1 to 10 stakes. Zach, how many stakes would you give this episode? I gave it a 6. Yeah. Uh, 6 makes sense. I think it's solid. Like, it's not bad. It's not great. Yeah. Is is that all you want to say? I mean... It's fine. (laughs) 
Uh, I not, do. I we, think we have said a lot about this episode. The first, th- like the first time you see it, I do think the twist of him being a robot is like woo, kind yeah, of yeah, absolutely. Instead of being like something supernatural. Mm-hmm. Well, and also but, like the first time you see it, like there's not really any indication that he's a robot. Yeah, like there's foreshadowing and dialogue and, and stuff, yeah. but. And like I do, I do like the way they drop the seeds of things, and then mm-hmm. there's an explanation. Yes, it's certainly better the first time around, but it's still like, even the first time around, after you see it, you're like, "What the fuck just happened?" Like, n- there's, <laughs> there's just no way. Like, this is not how technology works. <laughs> Joyce would have no- felt that he was like a there was metal like half an inch underneath his skin but like all like the even even if you're slightly sedated you don't become like a blubbering like ignoramus like (laughs) it doesn't make any fucking sense that anything in this episode would happen this way and also like it's an I like the idea of Buffy having to deal with the fact that she killed a human. But once they find out it's not a human, it's just completely brushed off and it's like it never happened. Mm-hmm. And it's I just mean, so they, weird. And they, uh... I'm giving it a six point five. The extra point five is because I just really like seeing Buffy kick the shit out of a terrible <laughs> uh stepdad kind of person. <laughs> right. <laughs> Get it. All right, so uh, now that we have given our uh, ratings, Kyle, uh, who's your MVP for the episode? Uh, this was kind of tough, but like, there's not. I'm gonna say it's Giles. I think Giles uh? really makes an effort to understand Buffy, and he goes patrolling on his mm. own to like because she's not going to be very effective. Mm. And I'm just, and he also like he and Jenny have this like really mature conversation and he respects her boundaries. She he waits for her to come to him. I'm gonna say Giles. Giles is the most emotionally mature in this episode. Mm-hmm. I would say. What yeah, about you, Zach? That's fair. I put Buffy. Yeah, I was the, thinking, my other option obviously was Buffy. I was just thinking in terms of like the main storyline, like who really kind of. I got. I guess I was being kind of surfacey, but I was just like, who like deals with the issue and solves the problem and. Mm-hmm. It's Buffy. Like, and I thought about Willow a little bit because Willow is also very supportive of Buffy. Yeah, like, and the whole even time. when she's being drugged by cookies, she's incredibly supportive of Buffy, and she's like, "I'll do what you need me to do." And and, and I do think she's supportive in a way of being like, "Buffy, you could be overreacting a little bit, but I am gonna believe you and help you to make yes. sure." And so, like, I think if I was going to give it to anybody besides Buffy, I would have given it to Willow, but I gave it to Buffy. Uh-huh. I'm all every time we have this thing about like, is Buffy right or wrong about this being like a non-human kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, I always think, is this Buffy having her Slayer powers, where she's supposed to be able to sense these things? Mm-hmm. And I feel like this episode is one of many that it it's very possible that she could be this could be a manifestation of her slayer powers like Mm -hmm. because giles expects in the first episode that she's supposed to be able to sense vampires yeah i mean it makes a lot of sense that it would be a part of that and also i mean everyone else that meets ted is drugged by ted so Mm -hmm. the other people would not be as aware yeah i agree but anyway yeah i put buffy because she is the kicker of ted's ass yes (laughs) 
Now it's time for a brief queer analysis of the episode from Zach. <laughs> I feel like we've kind of already done this, but I'm going to keep going on it. Uh, Go ahead. When I watched uh, this episode, I thought a lot about how like a queer identity would factor in when you're dealing with step-parents. Hmm, imagine that. The inner workings of you know your parents dating other people. And uh, it can already be pretty difficult to trust adults and people in your life when you're growing up queer and, uh, you know, introducing a new party can be really disruptive or even threatening to a queer child. Mm-hmm. I mean, same for all children, but then there's the added layer when you oh, yes. give it the queer identity. And uh, similar to the way Ted was a dick to Buffy and trying to control her and holding her secret identity as a slayer over her head a particularly toxic step-parent romantic partner to your parent can be really damaging for queer kids. Mm -hmm. And uh, family dynamics and relationships are very complex, of course, and, you know, difficult to navigate for young people. But when you add dealing with queer identities in the mix, it just, the complexity is just compounded. And, you know, uh, I wanted to say too, like if any young queer people come across this podcast and you're dealing with um, a toxic relationship that your parent is in uh that there is help out there and i just wanted to point out a resource in the trevor project um which a lot of people kind of associate with like as like kind of a suicide hotline but it's actually a like a teen a queer teen crisis line so like anything going on in your life like if you have some issue you can call them and the number Mm -hmm. you can call is one eight six six four eight eight seven three eight six and if you wanted to text them instead of talking to somebody you could text start s-t-a-r-t all caps to six seven eight six seven eight and they also have an online chat function on the trevorproject.org awesome so i just thought that'd be good to throw out there in case there's some absolutely uh, some, some utes listening and just for me, it is impossible to separate this episode from my own experience as a gay teenager because I was a gay teenager when I had experiences very similar to this mm-hmm. for about half a decade. Right. Yeah, I was going to say. It's just like, you know, I already don't know how I feel about this person, if I can trust this person, how close I can feel to this person, even mm-hmm. though everyone around me wants me to. But also I'm gay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe this person has said very vocally in public and in private about how much they don't agree with the existence of gay people. Right, yeah, I was going to ask, I meant to write this into my analysis actually to ask you like to... Well, I said flavor. it anyway. So, <laughs> in spite of me not asking. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no. So I, I'm glad that you shared that, though. And I mean, because I, I think it just kind of goes further into what I was talking about, which in, I like reading in, mine back. I think it's I just said hard enough times, to but. be gay and have you just have your family that you've known your entire life. Mm-hmm. And then some other asshole comes along and yeah. starts living in your house. And you're like, what am I supposed to do now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awkward. Like, I mean, I remember like um, this isn't this is not really the same thing. But like my dad, like sitting around a table and like we were watching some show and there was like a gay person on it. 
and they were, you know, very effeminate and whatever. And my dad being like, there's one of them homos. I can spot him from a mile away. And <laughs> me sitting there at the other end of the table being like, can you? <laughs> can you really? Are you sure and, about that? <laughs> and it's not the same thing, but like, I can't, I, it, it was difficult to hear my dad say that, but like, I can't imagine like the, like having someone who feels like an outsider to your family, but who is trying to join it, but then is also saying those shitty things. Mm-hmm. Think like going through things like that must just be its own kind of horrible, but. Uh, I have a very vivid, two very vivid memories of things like this happening. One was I was watching Buffy on Logo, accidentally left it on Logo, Drag Race came on, and a certain person mentioned how <laughs> he knew someone in prison who was raised as a girl who was actually a boy and how that fucked him up for his whole life. Whatever. The name he went by? Angela. <laughs> sure and another camp. one where my mother was watching Grey's Anatomy in an episode that focused on the lesbian relationship in the show and a certain someone was like everything now <laughs> yeah how dare they throw their existence in our faces by existing <laughs> right yeah. well now that we've discussed the queer themes it's time for the gayest moment Kyle, what is the gayest moment? Cordelia's tiny purse. (laughs) (laughs) You're just going to give all the gayest moments to Cordelia, huh? She's just so (laughs) iconic. I thought about doing the moment where Ted was like, I've been trying to find a man who can cook, but I don't want to give anything to Ted, so it's Mm. Cordelia's tiny purse. (laughs) All right, tiny purse it is. (laughs) All right, Zach, do you want to tell everyone where they they can find us since we're done with this episode? Yep, we've wrapped up the TED Talk, and uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, If you liked what you heard, you can be sure to follow us on Spotify or Apple or wherever you podcast. Uh, You can support us by leaving a five-star rating or a review uh, on Apple Podcasts, and uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at BuffyGaysPod. Uh, reach out to us via email at our uh, buffygaze at gmail.com. Yeah, or you can leave us a voice or text message at anchor.fm slash buffygaze. Please share with your friends. Mm-hmm. It would help us out a lot. And please uh, just, you just you know, reach out to us. Send us a message on Instagram or TikTok or through email or Twitter. Just let us know what you think about our analysis of these episodes. If you have any thoughts about future episodes you want us to talk about, anything Mm -hmm. like that, we would love to talk about your own thoughts as well. And I really like, I honestly enjoy discussing things. Mm -hmm. Like when people have different points of view from mine. Yeah, absolutely. I enjoy hearing about it because- Even if you like Xander. Sure, yeah. I mean, I was wrong before, too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, uh, if you like Xander, it's fine. But, like, uh, but yeah, I, I sometimes I get a take on, or I hear a take on something, and I'm like, oh, wow, yeah, that is actually really cool. That happens to me all the time when Zach is really smart. <laughs> yeah, and, like, once every few months or so. <laughs> yes. So this has been Season 2, Episode 11. <gasps> We've done an entire season's worth of episodes now. We actually had done that last episode because the first season was only 12 episodes. Bum, bum, bum. It was like a short season. But mm. after we did the 10th episode of this season, we had done 22 episodes of Buffy, which is the length of a full season. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, join us next week and we'll be discussing 
bad <laughs> eggs. <laughs> <laughs> so, till next time, I've been Kyle. Frying pan fire? Oh, yes. All right. And I'm Zach. And we are your... Burfy. I won't stand for gaze? this kind of Buffy gaze in my house. Beg to differ. Happy slaying. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Fairly well. <laughs>